place between heaven and earth. Where that, it frees up traffic to come from heaven to earth and traffic to come from earth to heaven. He said about himself. He said, upon me. Do you see how that mirrors the place of being yes. in intercession? Yeah. So that now I'm seated, but now even further, I've come to a place where I am in a fixed, immovable position that allows, it's, it's a place of rest between two places. So that what is in one place can now get to place two, and what's in place two can get to place one. And that's what intercession looks like. Let's, let's just forget for a moment the prayer part of it. Yeah. We'll get there, okay? But just the definition of intercession, the word, is not prayer. It's, it's, it is occupying the place in the middle. Daddy's. Fixed position Daddy's. in the middle. That's just one of the Greek words. The other one. The, the first Greek word that it talks about is that one. Uh, the second one. Uh, it means to confer with. I'd go look at confer because I see confer. I think about let's talk about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Confer with you. Mm-hmm. That's not an all word first definition. Mommy. I have to reclaim a lot of words in this. Yeah. I love it too. It's like I have to learn English all over again or for the first time. Uh, <laughs> I love the fact that it's with that he's going to he's going to confer with me. The spirit itself makes intercession for me or with me, so that I'm invited to that fixed position with him. You understand? I'm going there with him. And so to the word confer, this is not, means to, this is the first definition of confer, to place a weight on something from a superior position. Okay? So it means that if I could stand on this seat and I have a bowling ball, that I'm going, and Christian is, is, you know, in the floor, that I'm actually going to take this bowling ball and I'm going to confer it onto him or place it onto him from a higher position. And so you know what happens when you take weight and you place it on a, on a position that's inferior, that's on a lower position? You know what happens to that thing that receives the weight? You ever felt the weight, the glory of God, it's the weight of the Lord? You ever felt that in a service or just in your own prayer time or whatever, you just feel that weight? That's all good. That's wonderful because it's His glory. But there's a place in intercession that's very different. And it's... Uh, in uh, Isaiah 59 is the, the classic passage of scripture that we're talking about. That, uh, oh gosh, can we look at that? Is it okay? Now, you guys stay with me, no, okay? Yeah, I'll just want to grab my phone. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to tie it Sorry. <laughs> this is so good. This is so good. It is today. Just look at verse 14, okay? Here's a description of what the Lord is seeing, okay? Uh, he says, uh, judgment is turned away. Yeah, judgment, which, you know, judgment is turned away backward, and justice stands afar off. Truth is fallen in the streets, and equity cannot be. Okay? That's a, that's a pretty big uh, list of things that are, that are denied access, okay? 
judgment is turned away backward. Judgment is just a, if you look at the, the, the biblical definition of judgment, it's not hellfire brimstone. It's not God is angry and now he's judging. Uh, it's, it's a verdict, good or bad. It's, 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 it's uh, honestly, it's, it's me in this position and Father looks at me and says, and when he says I'm going to judge you, it means I'm going to look in your heart and see what's good. I'm also going to see what's bad. I'm going to make a judgment that's going to be right based on what I see. So we need to have this mindset and this, I don't know, been taught, I guess, that the judgment of God is always bad. It's not. When David prays God judge me, he's not praying for punishment. He's praying for Father to judge him, to see in him. He said, he said try me, see if there be any wicked way in me. And so the judgment of God is just him looking at something and making a judgment call. His judgment can be actually very good. He can look at you and say, well done, you faithful servant. You've done, you've been faithful and you've done well. That's a judgment. You understand that? Right. He looks at my life and says, that's good. That's very good. Yeah. And now because of that, the justice that comes because of the judgment is that you get to enter into the joy of your Lord. You see how that's judgment and that's justice? Justice is what is right, what's, what's deserving. And so he looks at my life and he says, uh, it's good. You've done good. You've done well. Now, the justice that you get from my judgment is this. You get to enter into the joy of your Lord. We tend to think that he looks at <laughs> uh, sinners in the hands of an angry God. That, yeah. that he looks at us as sinners and he says, when he judges us, he's like, this is bad. This part of you is bad. And because of that, you want to lose or you'll be punished. Yeah. While that's also his judgment, uh, <laughs> that's not all of his judgment. His judgment is to look at me, and if I would judge myself or ask him to judge me now, every day, then I can get his I can get his take on what is in the inventory of my heart. When he says, this is good, all right, let's keep this. If he says, this needs to be changed, and I say, yes, sir, let's, do, let's, let's change that. And so what I do is I move from a place of judgment into a place of justice. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Justice is not what we've always said justice is. Right. Justice is not vengeance. Justice is what's right. Justice for uh, someone who's committed murder is a, is a jail sentence. Justice for someone who's done right is reward. That's still justice. It's still justice, yeah. Y'all think y'all chew on that one a little bit mm -hmm. because that's a rewiring. It's a very, it is a rewiring because we've always been <laughs> always been dealt with as though we're sinners. Do you understand? I'm not a sinner. I'm a son. Yeah. It's impossible for you to become a daughter or a son and be labeled as a sinner. Wow. Because if I'm a son or a daughter, then the scripture says that he, he will not withhold anything from me. That all that I have, when the prodigal son comes back, I'm sorry, when the, the, the father of the prodigal son, he has another brother who's living in, in another son living in the house, and when the, the, the other brother's complaining about how you made a big deal over him coming back after he wasted all your money, he said, son, don't you know that you're in my house and everything that I have is yours? You know that if you're in the household of God, everything he has is yours? So how can I be a sinner saved by grace and still, not, and still be a son or daughter? How can he judge me both ways? How can he, how can he look at me and say, you're a sinner? And then how can he look at me also and say, you're a son? How can I give you everything that, you, that I have and make it available to you 
when you're breaking my laws. And I see you as a slave. I see you as a fugitive. And I need to bring justice and judgment to you because you're living a life that's wrong. And you're not. How can he say both? He's not schizophrenic. He can't do both. Because the, we don't have to go back here, but let's go back here. The justice for sin, the judgment for sin, is on his own side. And the Bible says he's not imputing sins to me right now, but he's imputing righteousness to me because of what Jesus did. So how in the world, if I believe in Jesus, can I believe anything else but I'm a son or daughter? And that he has the best for me. And that his judgments are good and true and right. And his justice toward me is right. Then when he judges me, he's actually delivering me from evil. Mm-hmm. Y'all all right? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to get through this. Uh, Isaiah 59. So now let's look at this again. Uh, judgment is turned away backward. Justice stands afar off and will not come. Truth is fallen in the streets, and what is right or equitable cannot enter. So this is a picture of all these good things. <laughs> these good things that uh, have been denied access to whatever this area is, whatever this region, this place is, that is being talked about in Isaiah, Isaiah 59. Uh, we'll just look a little further. Uh, verse 15. Uh, truth fails, and he that, he that runs from or departs from evil makes himself vulnerable. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. Now look at this next verse. It says that he saw that there was no man, and wondered within himself that there was no intercessor. He's not saying there's no one who's praying. He said there's no one who's occupying that position in the middle that allows my judgment and my truth and my justice to come. So he's not saying, where is the person who's an intercessory prayer? Because no one is praying, then I can't do this. He's saying because no one has gone so deep into this posture that they've qualified themselves to join the Spirit and the Son in that fixed place between two places, then it, it forbids me. I don't have a bridge to ship what I have to that other place. I have justice. I have justice. I have deliverance for the one who, who, who runs from evil. I have truth. I have equity. All those things that he wants to give. But because no one will occupy that middle place, that fixed position, then his access is cut off. Does that make sense? Yes. Can you see that? Yes. Now, this is Old Testament before Jesus came. Jesus now is the intercessor. He's the chief intercessor. So he occupies that middle position. He's the bridge. He's the one that the angels ascend and descend upon him. He's the one that allows the Father to give us everything through him. He has occupied that middle position. And so now for me to go deeper into this posture of intercession means that he's invited me because I'm seated with him at the right hand of the Father, seated with him in heavenly places, that now the work that he does, why would I not do the same work? So now for me to come into the place of intercession means that the posture deepens and now I become an agent like Adam was where that God can bring things to me and say let's see what he's going to do with dominion. Let's see what I can ship over him. Let's see what can get to me from earth and what I can ship over him to heaven. And that's what intercession looks like. And that takes the form of prayer. But it takes the form of declaration. It takes the form of words that have power from another world. So, the, uh, 
that second Greek word from Romans 8, 27. We need to get the copy of this one. I need to get the copy of this one. Uh, to confer with means to place weight from a superior position onto something. Uh, here is what it, here's what it means. You know what a signet is? When a king has a signet, a signet ring. Okay. Uh, oddly enough, a signet ring, which is the most common, well, I'm not going to say the most common, one of the forms of it, uh, is a ring that's placed on the right hand of the king. Uh, <laughs> and it has on it a raised uh, image so that when it's pressed into something, that it leaves a mark forever in whatever it's pressed into. A, a king, for example, would write, you see it on movies, he writes out something and rolls it up in a scroll, wax on it, and then he takes that ring and presses with weight into that. So that anyone who sees that correspondence, who sees that scroll, sees the signet mark that was left and knows that that's an official binding document from the king. Do you know that Jesus himself is the express image of the Father? You know that from Scripture, right? So if he's occupying that place of intercession, that place of the fixed middle position that bridges two places together, it says that the Spirit himself makes intercession for us, and that word for intercession means that he comes down with us into that place and, and places weight from a superior place onto that. And if Jesus is the express image of the Father, and he looks like the Father, and that image in that signet is the image of the Father that's laid out in the, in the person of the Son, when that weight comes down upon the Son and upon us with him in that place, do you know what happens? Wherever that image is laid out, the glory that comes down now makes an invention and a mark that cannot be removed. So that when someone looks at the work that's done there, there's no doubt that it's a sovereign work of the King. So it's very different from intercessory prayer meetings on whatever day that we've always done. And thank God for it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bashing <laughs> There needs to be more. There's a time for that, obviously. That's it's a time. not. It's it's included. It's it's a part. And that's of part of this. Right. But to do this, to do to do the prayer meetings without having first entered into a, a posture that, excuse me, that qualifies you to enter into that fixed place with Him, is only a prayer meeting. It's only, you know how you feel the weight, you feel the weight come in services like we talked about earlier or in your personal prayer time or wherever, mm -hmm. and that's great, but there's never any real change? Mm -hmm. It's because there's no image that it rests on to press it into the earth yeah. or press it into your heart or press it into whatever dominion that you have. Yeah. So that when, the, when you do it alongside in the same place as the image of the Father, who is the Son, who's invited us to do this and does this with us, who says you can be seated with me and now enter into this place of intercession with me, that it's not my intercession, just like it's not my ability to hold to him. It's his ability to hold me. Just like the seat that I sit in is not my seat, but it's his seat. The intercession is his intercession. The image that he bears is the image of the Father. It's his image. So that when that glory comes down and we're in that place with him, you guys follow me with this, with, if you can. Yeah. I think you are. Yes. That when that weight comes that because I am now in the fixed position with him, then that weight has the potential and uh, it has the potential to actually press a mark onto the earth that cannot be broken. Right. Which means that what God does through intercession that way is never reversed. 
It's never reversed. Who can break the seal of the king? No one can. So for me, <laughs> this has given me a road map mm -hmm. saying, you guys, do you guys see that? Yes. Where that this is good, yeah. and this is good, and dominion is good, but where is this taking us to? This is taking us into, this is a big deal. Yes. This is a big deal. This place of intercession, I feel like, is a benchmark. Mm -hmm. It's so funny because it seems like, you know, the Lord does things, uh, I don't know, he likes the number three a lot. To come to this, mm -hmm. then to this, and then to that third dimension. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's something about that third dimension. Jesus said, he said it this way. Uh, he said that first there's the, there's the, uh, the blade, of, the blade that springs up from the ground. Then there's the uh, the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. Uh, he talks over and over about three different dimensions. How Paul said, "I thank God that He's called me, and that He's equipped me, that He's counted me faithful, that He's put me in the ministry." Uh, when the children of Israel were in bondage, they spent. Uh, I'm sorry. When when Moses looked at Moses' life, he spent 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness, 40 years doing what he was called to do. He was equipped for 40 years. He was tried, tested for 40 years in the wilderness, then he was released for 40 years. Yeah. And so there's this pattern of, of that third dimension that's very crucial, and it's almost like a fullness of what had been done the last two. And I feel like this place, this third stone of, 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 of uh, entering to the place and the posture of intercession is a big deal, and it makes these other two make sense. Right. Mm -hmm. When those two meet with this one, there's just conception yes. for... And then what's next? Right. <laughs> because honestly, what you talk about when you enter into that place is you're talking about governmental changes. Now you're talking about the government of, you're talking about the government of heaven coming to earth in different ways. Yeah. And the way that happens on the earth, Jesus is not doing it on the earth. He's seated. Yeah. And so he's looking for someone on the earth to come into agreement and posture with him. This is good. Mm -hmm. To come into agreement with posturing him on the earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if I can come into the place of agreeing with his posture and going with him in this and going with him and being seated, going with him in the place of intercession, then what he has now is an image bearer in the earth so that when he visits me with whatever he wants to visit me in the place of intercession, that where I am, there's a mark that's left. And so this gets into a place, you talk about authority. This is, this is not like anything we've ever seen in any any church that I know of. I've not seen it. We talk about authority, and we should. And we should teach about authority. Thank God for it. But to see what kingdom dominion looks like. And I don't even know what you call this. This this gets into place. This gets into, and I, I know this is coming, but I don't know where it is. It gets into uh, ambassadorship somewhere. You know what an ambassador is? An ambassador is, is someone. Now, okay, if you go to, let's say you go to. Uh, Representative Yes. In a foreign land. Well, right. From a, a person, a representative right. from, from another country. Yeah. In a foreign land. In a foreign land. And, yeah, so the ambassador, uh, let's say where the embassy is, for example, if you go to the, I don't know, the Russian embassy in, in I don't know where it is in America, probably D.C. or New York, I don't know, wherever it is. If you go to and step foot on the Russian embassy, because there's an ambassador there, that soil that you step on, is no longer U.S. soil. Do you understand that? Yes. That it is Russian soil. Yes. And so you can take one step from this place, United States, over into the Russian embassy, and the moment you step on there, 
you are no longer ruled by United States laws. You're ruled by Russian laws. And the only way that happens is that an ambassador is present. Without the ambassador, the embassy is nothing. But the ambassador is the one sent from another country to occupy that territory sovereignly. So that anyone who's in that embassy, anyone who's in, who, who is who's actually on the soil of the embassy has the full protection, provision, backing of the government that's represented from way overseas. People actually seek sanctuary at the embassy. Yeah. Yeah. If you travel overseas, you would know that. Yeah. You know where the U.S. Embassy is. Yeah. It's one of the first things you because you can go there and be protected from foreign law. Yes. If I'm in if I'm in Germany and I break a law, I can go to the United States Embassy and sit foot on there, and then they have to deal with my government to get to me. So I don't know where this is in this process, but I know it's I know it's there because when the Father sends. Paul talked about we're ambassadors for Christ. And so when you get into to the realm of being ambassadors, you have been... Ambassadors are appointed positions. They're not elected. Appointed by government to represent every interest of the government that sends that person. So to be sent as an ambassador to the earth from heaven means you have the full backing and authority and power of the place you represent. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I want to. (laughs) I want to get ahead of myself a little bit because this stuff is good. Don't get me wrong. This is is the key. This is the gateway into whatever else there is. But the stop here is selling us, is is far short. It's falling short of the mark. It so quickly went from (laughs) thinking, what does Christmas stay like this? This is, you know, for me. I can only speak for me. It so very quickly he reveals and illuminates that truth of what well, there's more. There's more. But it never deviates from that. Never. It never violates never. this. No. It only reinforces this. That's why we will never stop talking we'll never about stop the talking gazing gazing grip. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Never. It will always and forever be foundation. It will be because it is it is what loving the Lord looks like. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like a, a woman fuzzy feeling I have. Mm-hmm. It looks like I'm gonna forsake all others and hold you. It looks a lot like a marriage covenant, mm-hmm. forsaking everyone else and everything else. For better or for worse, I'm stuck with you and I want to be stuck with you. Mm-hmm. I will not let go of you, regardless of what happens. And that's it will always look that way. It will always look that way. In every posture. Being seated does not violate. It only strengthens it. Going to the place of intercession does not violate this. It only deepens it. And it's true to it. And everything the Father does on the earth will be true to this. Everything he does. And I'll, I'll just say this too. Anything that's not true to this, I question if the Father does it. Yeah. When you said that about, when you were talking earlier about moving from the stand, standing and doing this to being seated, to that fixed position of being seated, and then he says, you know, come lay with me in this. The, the thought that I had in my head was to the point where you can't tell where I begin and he ends. Yeah. Which is mind-blowing. Yeah. But it's what we were created for. Yeah. yeah, it is. And to be able to say that is, that is 
that is where I'm at with him. You know, to be able to say that's where you're at with him and that's the invitation. He's invited me to this place where you can't tell where I start and he ends. Yeah. Is that that I wanna I wanna really I wanna really get that. I wanna really bask in that. Yeah. I don't even wanna leave that. No. No. Because I mean when you talk honestly, I'll just say this too. When when you talk about moving into governmental affairs with heaven, you cannot get there as long as you feel pressure in yourself to perform. It's impossible. Because I cannot, there's no possible way I can have authority in heaven and earth and still think I can generate that. It's incongruent with it. It does not match. And so in this, it's, it's that struggle to let go so you can do that. Yeah. And so that carries you in whatever depths of the kingdom there is. Now, I will say this. Uh, I, I do not believe that the kingdom of God exists only in that. I think that the king is going to return one day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't, I don't want anyone here to think that I'm strictly kingdom now. And this is all there is. Right, Jesus did no, the work. Right. He's coming back. Scripture's very plain about it. He's told me personally that. Because I heard people say it a long time ago. And, you know, you hear people say that. And I think, well, yeah, he's coming back. Praise God, he's coming back. He told me one time. He said, I'm coming back, son. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I hear you loud and clear. Yeah. So he, he is, I know, from what from what he's told me personally, that he's, this is not a violation of that. All this stuff here is not a violation of that. It's only... I feel like it's a wonderful feeling of that. You know, one of the things we talked about weeks ago is that, well, I won't get into all that just a little bit, but if, if creation is waiting for us to get this, if it's waiting for what does the sons and daughters look like in the earth, I just wonder if God's not waiting also. He waited to see what Adam would call the animals. If Jesus came to restore dominion, why would he not wait for us to get it? Right. Right. I, I remembered something when you were talking about that, about how that very thing about how he's waiting and there's an invitation for that. And what I thought, what I remembered was I have, I've heard someone say, and I don't know where it was, I don't know if it was TV or in church, I'm not sure, but I heard someone say one time that the, the Lord needs you. He needs you to see his kingdom come and his will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. It's not possible without you. And it never settled well with me because that lessened who he is. That made him less than who he is to say, oh, he's incapable without you. He needs you to do, to accomplish that or else it won't happen. When actually the truth is he's waiting. He's going to do it. He just wants you to do it. Exactly. It's invitation. He has no interest in a slave. Never has. And and also he's he is unlimited. His vastness is is beyond what we could ever imagine. He's the uncreated. So to say that he can't do it without me, that's absolutely untrue. Right. No, exactly. It's that he that has. lessens exactly. Yeah. It's and that and the, all of that comes back to he loves you. He's he desires that, right? He desires that. There's invitation, and he's waiting, and he's because he loves you, because that's what he created you for. 
for that level of intimacy and for that kind of relationship with him. I was talking to Christian before we came over here, over here to worship. If you don't mind me sharing this. Okay. This is nothing about you. <laughs> but we were just, we were just talking about uh, Leave me open. <laughs> <laughs> about uh, how, how easy it is for us to miss the mark. And I even said earlier that you know, I can give my best version of myself and, and totally check all the boxes and I've got it right and it's still only the best I can do and it's not it's not his image unless he's the one that conforms me to that image then I'm not conformed he has to be the one to shape and so uh, oh, what's I going to say oh yeah we were talking about how uh, the reason that he does this is because he's a father uh, we're talking about hitting the mark and let's just say that a father and son go out to the archery range you know, and the son is trying to learn so he fires arrows all day long. None of them even hit the target. The father doesn't condemn him, but he says, well, try this. Well, let's not do it again. Put another one in the boat. Let's try it again. And all day long he'll do that with no result. And at the end of the day he'll say, let's pack it up and go inside, and we'll try it again tomorrow. And he comes out every day. And he'll come out endless days with the sun never hitting the mark. <laughs> endless days because, uh, because he desires proximity. He doesn't desire for us to always get it right. He wants us to be close to him, but he wants to be close to us. And that's what the heart of all of this is, is that he, yeah, can, can he do it by himself? Absolutely. He's already done it by himself. Uh, he didn't need me to go to the cross, but he so loves me that he wants me to try to hit the mark with him. And he'll be patient and go along the journey with me because he loves me that much, because he's a father. And that's what fathers do, is they, they just point to their sons, and they want their sons to look like him. Good fathers. <laughs> And more than that, they want they want their sons and daughters to look like the father. And so that's that he he loves, and I think I can say this fairly, uh, that he loves the proximity more than he loves to see us hit the mark. I think he loves to see us hit the mark. I think he's I think he's the, <laughs> the one cheering the loudest in that empty field where no one is but he and his son. When, when an arrow hits the bullseye. I think he's so encouraging and just, I mean, I think he's, I think he's cheering louder than anybody. But what he enjoys more than that is the fact that he gets to go with me every day. And I, and I don't quit. And he and, would never overlook that part or disregard that part because the focus is you've got to hit the mark. Right. And, and yet we're in such a hurry to do that. We're in such a hurry to disregard that part right. and rush through that part because that, that's the goal. Yeah. And that's not the goal. No, no. <laughs> That's the means by which he gains proximity to us. He came, he came you know, we know the story, the gospel, how he came uh, and died, became one of us and died so that he can invite us to do everything he does. It's not that he needs fellowship. He doesn't need that. He's three, per, he's three persons in one. He's God all by himself. He doesn't need me for fellowship, but he so loves me and, and all of us that he wants the proximity. And so he's willing to take us into realms that we've never even dreamed of because he wants us to go with him. It just blows my mind. And so all of this stuff that we're talking about, which I know is really, I don't know what you call it, except kingdom. And all this stuff about going through these different postures that is totally from him, all of that doesn't even matter. What matters is the proximity. And the fact that he takes us there is the same thing as the father taking his son to the archery range every morning and staying with him all day. Whether he, whether he gets or not, he just wants the proximity. I didn't mean to turn this into a sermon just now. Okay. <laughs>
Let's take, give a little poem and be done and have an altar talk, pass a plate. <laughs> but I hope that this uh, helps put some context around this. I hope it helps paint a roadmap for why. Very much. Why? Yeah. Is it just this? We just want to look at him and hold on? Well, yeah, that's what you want to do. But why? Where are we going? Which is a question I secretly wanted an answer to, <laughs> I guess. But to, but to know that this is what this leads to, and much more than that. I mean, you talk about the, the, uh, the necessity of having wonder is that. I can't even picture what intercession looks like now. And we haven't even, I mean, we're going to be on this, we're going to be on all this for a while, if that's yeah. okay. I mean, we'll just go as a little more. When you said that two weeks ago about intercession, and, and you'd kind of touched on it a little bit two weeks ago about how it's not what mm. we would automatically think, which is, you know, prayer meeting. Like, since then, I have just been, there's been an urgency and an anticipation in a good way to, to really unfold that a little bit. Yeah. Like, unpack it a little bit, because... That's going to be key. Yeah, it is. It's going to. It's going to help. It's going to help me. I can speak for me. It's going to help me uh, know the importance, at least on a small scale, of this mm -hmm. and of being seated and of entering into rest. Well, and and you, we you move about. from the revelation of this. You move from that to the to the point of it, which is actually walking in the in in this dominion. You'll, you, yeah. That's how you shift from mm -hmm. from it. And, you know, I had told you that in my prayer time, I had been like, please just don't let me be like Moses and kind of be out here knowing the revelation and knowing it's right there and not actually walking in it. And what this does is this just kind of broadens the the scope of my mind to, oh, okay. This makes it real to me yes. in a different way. Yeah. I mean, this is real anyway because of how he meets you there. But to know that... He wants to get you there. I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. Mm -hmm. It just does something to me. And mm -hmm. I hope it does the same thing to you all. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this too. I said this last week, and this was just from the Lord, I know. Uh, not last week, but two weeks ago. How that um, I had the, uh, I'll, I'll just say I had the fear that, that we were going to hit this stone and that stone and this one, and that would be it, and we're just going on this journey. And the Lord was so gracious to say to me, I'm not going to cover these foundational stones up, but you can go back at any time you want to and look at any one of them. You can go back to this, and you can stay there as long as you need. You can go and look at that stone if you need to. You can come to the place of being seated and entering into rest, and you can stay there as long as you need to. You can go back and look at each one of these. As much. He said, I'm not going to cover these up, and I'm so yeah. thankful for that. Yeah. So it gives us permission to say, okay, this is where we're going. This is what intercession looks like. But at the same time, it doesn't violate. This is what being seated looks like. And so there's liberty and there's permission for all of us if we ever fumble in one place to go back to that stone and let's look at that. And it doesn't violate this one up here and this one in, in intercession doesn't violate being seated. Does it make sense? And so even in that, it's arranged in such a way that it takes the pressure off of you. If someone is in the place of intercession and I'm not, it's okay. If I'm at the place of, of gaze and grip, I'll, I'll be there. And if that person who's in intercession somehow loses their focus and needs to come out of intercession to come back here to gaze and grip, that's available. Mm -hmm. And so it takes all the competition away. It takes all the pressure away. It takes all the performance anxiety away. 
It takes all the emphasis on performance. Like you say, hit that mark with the arrow. It takes all of that away. The most important thing is the proximity and that I get to do this with Father and that we get to do this together. <laughs> no matter what level we find ourselves on in any given day. Is this some days i got to go back to this. Some days I'm doing okay being seated. Some days i got to go right back to this. Well, it's like the focus is not going to be on what I've accomplished or what he's able to accomplish through me. It's about just being with him. Mommy. Yeah. And it, it, honestly, it, ta- it even takes, the, and I mentioned this many weeks ago, but it's true. It even takes the pressure of time off of you. Mm-hmm. The stuff we're talking about is timeless stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It just It's the kingdom of God. It's not waiting on us to establish it. It's already established. I'm just thankful that there's no, there's no pressure and there's no time limit. And if here's the thing, if I can get this, I'm there. If I get this and he's got me there, no man can pluck me out of his hand. I'm there. Step one. I've got it. I don't have to worry about not getting any, any further along in this. I've got everything I need and everything I will ever need right here in gazing grip. I've got him right there. And so all the other stuff doesn't matter. If I get there or if I don't. If I get there, it doesn't violate this. It only it's only a deeper level of that. Yeah. And so if I get number one, I've got it. I've got it. So Alright, that's all I got for tonight. Y'all questions, comments, whatever. <laughs>